This is Dave, and I'm here with Ethan, and together we are Dave and Ethan's 2008 Weird Al Podcast, episode 78-inch. On this week's episode, we talked to Weird Al superfan Jeff McClelland about curating the 27th anniversary issue of the Midnight Star fanzine. It's Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al Podcast. It's a podcast about Weird Al. It's Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al Podcast. Seriously, the whole podcast is about Weird Al. It's Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al Podcast. You don't have to listen, but we're glad you are. Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al Podcast. What a great week to be a Weird Al fan. There is so much going on this week. Yeah. Dave, <laughs> you won't believe what I received in the mail this week. And you won't believe what I received in the mail this week. All right. Well, you go first. All right. So on Monday morning, I got an email from Bermuda that says, your box set is in the mail. You should get it today. And less than an hour later, it showed up on my doorstep. (laughs) I have the brand new black and white and weird all over box set book. And it is pretty stinking majestic. I was so thrilled to get it. Well, it must have taken Bermuda an extra day to get all the way up to upstate New York because on Tuesday, I heard from Bermuda. He said my box was coming. And sure enough, it showed up my box set. And Dave, I have to say, it's pretty stinking majestic. (laughs) Yeah, when you saw it, wasn't it better than you expected? I mean, it was so beautiful. It was in a great box. You open it up and it's, you know, it's it's got all those promo pictures in it. The book itself is beautiful. I mean, the alternate cover art and it has the silver lining going around it uh, is one of the nicest pieces I have in my collection. Totally. And I thought it was really cool. I guess I wasn't expecting this, but I should have the book has no writing on the outside because this is the limited edition special edition where there's no title there's no upc there's no other information clouding it up it is just weird out picture front and back it is so cool and one thing that bermuda also told me was that both you and i ethan we received our books even before bermuda himself received his book (laughs) he told me that he hasn't gotten it yet he should be getting in like the next day maybe today maybe tomorrow but that was pretty cool and i really want to thank bermuda for making sure that we got our copies of the book nice and early yes thank you so much bermuda and trust us you are gonna love your own book so much (laughs) (laughs) i wonder if bermuda gets an autographed copy of his own book i asked him that and yes he does (laughs) (laughs) I mean, even if he didn't, he could easily make an autographed copy. (laughs) Right. (laughs) The box sets have already started shipping, as you can see, by Dave and I and a few of our friends. If you haven't received yours or you haven't gotten a shipping notification yet, just be patient. They're coming soon. You are going to love them. Now, if you ordered a regular book, those are still set to be released on November 17th. However, it's really up to the online stores as to when they ship them. You may get them earlier. You may get them later. It'll be totally up to the booksellers as to when they ship. Now, exclusive to the limited box set, Dave, I I know you mentioned the prints, but we also get a special certificate of authenticity. Yeah, I was so thrilled that our books came with a COA. And I was really thrilled that it was numbered as well. So I got number 278, a.k.a. 27-8. And I got number 276, a.k.a. 27-6. 
<laughs> I wonder who got that book in between us, number 277, <laughs> a.k.a. 27-7. <laughs> the trend that we're seeing is that the book numbers do not necessarily correspond to the order numbers, but we would still love to see what numbers you have all gotten. So please be sure to share that information over on our group, group.2000inch.com, when your box set comes. Now, with any numbered edition, of course, they have to start at number one. And we are thrilled because our good friend and podcast regular, Chad Kelson, a.k.a. Metal Al, he put in the first order, which was order 27, and he received certificate number one. How awesome is that? Congratulations <laughs> to Metal Al. That is such an awesome number to have. I mean, I love my number because it's got a 27 in it. But I mean, it, number one is awesome. As yeah. Well. <laughs> we just got the books. We're taking them all in. We're going to cover more about the contents of the actual book on a future episode. So be sure to tune in for that and make sure while you're waiting out by your mailbox for that box set to come that you stay properly hydrated. Dave, let's see if we got anything in the spatula hotline because, you know, of course, the 347 spatula hotline, the official hotline of Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast is sponsored by Angel Valenzuela and David Cash, two amazing Weird Al fans and podcast sponsors. Hey, guys, it's Al. No, not that Al. Metal Al. But I want to wish my uncle Weird Al a very happy birthday. Hey, Metal Al, we were just talking about him. Yeah, well, Uncle Al, I hope you had a very happy birthday. Thanks for calling in, Metal Al. You know, Metal Al, he also told us that physical copies of his brand new album are coming soon. I cannot wait for those to come out as well. well let's see what else we have on the 347 Spatula Hotline. Hello, Spatula Hotline. It's UH Jeff. Uh, this message is actually for Frank. Uh, could you retally the votes on the even worse top five? I suspect some Russian interference due to the fact that this song's just six words long was barely even mentioned, and it should be at least number three. Yeah, let me know. Thanks. Oh, I wonder what he said. As soon as he said it was for Frank, I just completely tuned out. I'm going to have to have a talk with our intern, Frank, because he should not be getting personal phone calls on the 347 Spatula Hotline. I did hear something about Russian meddling, and I don't know what's going on there, but I'm so glad, Jeff, that you agree 100% with our definitive top five songs on Even Worse. So on the recent Reddit AMA with Weird Al and Portugal the Man, our very own Jackson Scoggins asked Portugal the Man what their top five, even worse, album songs were. And their answer was, this song's just six words long, fat, I think I'm a clone now, good old days, and lasagna. And Dave, if you look at their list, it's very, very similar to my personal top five list. Very cool. Thank you, Jackson, for asking Portugal the Man. And thank you to Portugal the Man for playing along and letting us know what their top five songs on the album Even Worse were. <laughs> that AMA was so much fun. I had a blast reading all of the responses from Al and Portugal the Man. And Portugal the Man actually responded to a couple of our questions, Dave. In case you missed it, here are some of the questions. If Al had to parody one of your songs, which song would you choose and what would you hope it's about? Hey, dudes, I'd leave that to him. But yeah, I have some ideas. Smiley face. What would be your dream song in Al's catalog that you'd love to have been featured on? Yoda. Have you ever eaten Rocky Road ice cream? 
And if so, what are your thoughts? Yes and yes. Now, there were also a number of questions that were asked and answered by our friends and listeners. So we highly recommend going over and looking up the AMA and reading it for yourself. Al even reveals where the family in the twine ball is from. I had so much fun reading through that AMA. It's just classic, (laughs) hilarious, weird Al answers. Now, the top five list wasn't the only controversy to come out of last week's episode. Some eagle-eared listeners may have noticed that it sounded like Ethan pronounced Michael Crichton's name incorrectly. We wanted to set the record straight that not only do I know how to pronounce Michael Crichton's name, I actually did say his name correctly. The weird pronunciation that you may have heard was as a result of our intern Frank's terrible editing. To refresh your memory, here's the audio as it originally aired on episode 77 inch. Okay, okay. In 1959, so that would have been Michael Crichton's 17th birthday. Yeah, he's the author of the Jurassic Park novels. And of course, we wouldn't have Weird Al's song Jurassic Park or the video for Weird Al's song Jurassic Park without Michael Crichton's novels. Thanks, Dave, for pointing that out. As you can clearly hear, Frank incorrectly modulated Ethan's audio and made it sound like he was saying Crichton. We asked Frank to properly modulate the audio as he does for each episode, and we will play that now. Okay, okay. In 1959, so that would have been Michael Crichton's 17th birthday. Yeah, he's the author of the Jurassic Park novels, and of course, we wouldn't have Weird Al's song Jurassic Park or the video for Weird Al's song Jurassic Park without Michael Crichton's novels. Thanks, Dave, for pointing that out. Now, I know what you guys are thinking. You're thinking, you guys really said it wrong, and you just had Frank manipulate the audio right now to make it sound like Ethan said it correctly the first time. Just to prove that we are not pulling any shenanigans, we're going to air the complete, totally unedited, totally raw, totally untouched audio as it was originally recorded. Okay, okay. In 1959. So that would have been Michael Crichton's 17th birthday. Yeah, he's the author of Jurassic Park, the novels. And of course, we wouldn't have Weird Al's song Jurassic Park or the video for Weird Al's Jurassic Park without Michael Crichton's novels. So thanks, Dave, for pointing that out. That settles it. Don't worry, dear listeners, Frank has been appropriately reprimanded and procedures have been put in place to not ever allow something as terrible as this to happen ever again. So Bermuda's book was not the only exciting thing that we received this week. We also received some amazing Halloween-themed artwork from our good friend Chris Sear. I absolutely love his artwork. I know we've said this a million times in the podcast, but he is such a talented guy and he comes up with the funniest ideas. So if you remember back for Easter, Dave, you had a bite out of your stomach (laughs) from a dinosaur. And I was, of course, torso boy with no arms or legs. Well, he has one upped himself because for Halloween, I am dressed as a Twinkie wiener sandwich. (laughs) I absolutely love it. And Chris put me in this amazing spatula costume and my head is a fried egg. (laughs) When I first looked at it, I was like, why is Dave's face yellow? Is this a Simpsons thing? And then I realized your face was yellow because it's the yolk. (laughs) (laughs) 
I especially want to thank Chris for making sure that I got this amazing haul of Halloween candy as well. <laughs> My dentist is going to love me after I get done eating all that candy. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much, Chris. We love your artwork. It is so much fun. Now, speaking of things that our listeners have sent us, if you remember a while back, we mentioned that one of our listeners submitted a great audio piece related to radio and TV personality, Joe Franklin. Oh, yeah, I do remember that. We've been sitting on that audio for a while. And now, with everything going on in the world, it's probably the right time to finally play that clip. That is such a great idea. All right, Frank, cue it up. This week's episode brought to you in part by vegan Mexican restaurant Burrito Burrito in Troy, New York, home of the two-pound double wrapped in a quesadilla burrito burrito. Come on down to Burrito Burrito at Burrito Burrito, your burrito burrito. Find them at burritosquared.com and at Burrito Squared on Instagram. And remember, not every burrito is a burrito burrito burrito, but every burrito 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 can be burrito burritoed. Wait, what does that have to do with Joe Franklin? Joe Franklin liked burritos. I mean, probably. Who doesn't like burritos? Yeah, good point. All right, let's move on to the Weird Al news. So back on October 23rd, Weird Al's birthday, the drag group Poo Poo Platter hosted a birthday celebration for Al that was live on Twitch. It featured an awesome mix of performances to really great Weird Al songs. Now, it wasn't the ones that you'd expect, you know. I would have expected all of the hits, but they actually dug deep and they did Hardware Store, eBay, Germs, and they even did Definitive Song number 5 off of even worse, Velvet Elvis. So a few Weird Al fans got together to watch the performance, and I got to sit in and I got to watch a few of the performances, and they were really great. Yeah, it was really fun getting to chat while we're watching it. A couple other folks who were there were UH Jeff, Beefalo Bill, and then a really special guest was Audra from UH Jeff's upcoming documentary, all about the Weird Al burlesque troupe that she's part of. So we just had a blast. It was really fun. And we're really pleasantly surprised at how great their production quality was. The birthday celebration wasn't the only gift that Al got this year because there was another fan that helped celebrate Al's birthday by dropping a brand new piano medley. That's right. You know we're talking about our good friend Summer Woods. Her second piano medley of all Weird Al songs has finally been released and it is pretty stinking majestic i'm a huge fan of all the summer stuff but her weird out stuff is really great and this second medley included some really awesome stuff some of my favorites were uhf biggest ball of twine in minnesota and if that isn't love and then there was this other song it must have been some obscure song because i actually hadn't heard of it before really what song was that it's called like frank's 2000 inch tv yeah i've never heard of that either it must have been included mistakenly Oh, well, Summer, all of us make mistakes. Anyway, you can check out Summer's Patreon by heading over to patreon.com slash summerwoods. And stay tuned because Summer's cover of our official Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast theme song is coming soon. Now, we also wished Al a happy birthday on social media. We shared this amazing artwork that was done by Christy Edgar, and we know Al liked it because he liked it on both Instagram and Twitter. Oh, we're so glad that you liked our posts, Al, and we hope you had a very merry, happy birthday. Last week, we mentioned that Al was going to be part of this virtual fundraiser on October 24th called A Walk on Water. Yes, so that happened on Saturday. We've posted the link to the video over on group.2000inch.com, and at about 
18 minutes and 45 seconds into the video, Al makes an appearance. The host of the fundraiser, Jeff Swampy Marsh, asked Al to perform a song, and since Al didn't have his band with him, he was pretty limited in his choices, so he chose to perform Mr. Frump in the Iron Lung. What was really cool about the performance is, before the song, he explained the air release valve on the accordion, which of course is featured heavily in the song. It was definitely cool to hear Al perform Mr. Frump in the Iron Lung. It's such a great song. I'm so glad that he chose that one to perform. Now, our friend over at Spatula City Records had an amazing week last week. He started off by sharing photos of his entire store themed around Weird Al. Every single slot was filled with Weird Al vinyl, Weird Al laser discs. He had different band cards with different you know, Weird Al references. And it was so awesome that Al even tweeted and Instagrammed out pictures from his store. And that's not all. Special City Records also created this really awesome Weird Al in Carbonite, just like Han Solo from Star Wars. <laughs> and it looks so cool. So head over to Spatula City Records on Instagram and check that out. And of course, our Patreon members know Spatula City Records because they recently received a sticker and a magnet with the Spatula City Records logo. We love Spatula City Records and hope to hear more about them soon. To help promote his book, Bermuda was scheduled to be a guest on Tim Weisberg's Midnight Society show last night. And not only that, but Grammy-nominated Jim Kimo West, Steve J., and Ruben Valtierra were scheduled to call in to the show as well. Now, what did they talk about? Well, we have our guesses, but we have not listened to the episode yet. Now, in the world of TV, we're so excited because we finally have release dates for a few TV appearances that have been hanging out in the upcoming TV and film section of Al's website for a while. An insider has given us a heads up that Al is expected to make an appearance on The Eric Andre Show this Sunday, November 1st on Adult Swim. And Auntie Donna's Big Ol' House of Fun will premiere on Wednesday, November 11th on Netflix. Not only will Al be featured... Watch for appearances by Paul F. Tompkins and Kristen Shaw, who, of course, you know from the tacky music video. All right, Ethan, we've both got one more amazing piece of Weird Al memorabilia for our collections this week. The 27th anniversary edition of the Midnight Star fanzine, which was compiled by our good friend, Jeff McClelland, has finally been completed and has been shipped out and we both received our copies. Yes, so they're available now for purchase. You can check out the PDF for free online. And how would you describe it, Dave? There's only one word that I can use to describe that, and it is pretty stinking majestic. I've been reading this fanzine cover to cover, and I just have so many questions that I would love to ask Jeff McClelland. Yeah, me too. And I mean, we're friends with Jeff, so why don't we just ask him? He was the editor and curator for this new anniversary issue. That's a great idea. He's one of our great friends. He's a collector. He's a wonderful guy. It's so great to have back on the podcast, Jeff McClelland. Hey, Jeff, how's it going? 
Hey guys, thanks so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Uh, I would, I just want to say that before, so I've been on the podcast a few times before. This is my first featured slot, and I feel like I've made it. <laughs> you can retire after this. <laughs> yeah, I feel like before it was just like you know I was just pretending, but now, now, now I'm in the big seats, and uh, all you other guys, you better watch out. How's it feel? Ah, it's padded. Yeah, it's comfortable. <laughs> Well, that is a secret. We do send out seat pads to our guests when they're featured. Is that what that was? I just yes. thought I was sitting on a dead cat. <laughs> well, Jeff, you know, we've wanted to have you on the podcast for a long time because you do some of our favorite artwork. In fact, you were the first person we thought about when we had our Jonah Ray uh, UHF event to design that poster. That was way back in January. And yes, that was this year, if you can believe that. So. <laughs> that is really hard to believe. That was that was a, a super fun event, and, a, and a, uh, really liked how the poster turned out. Obviously, I, I worked with my good friend, and, and he of the unpronounceable uh, name, uh, Andrea Schiavone, uh, on that. So I, so I definitely want to shout. I, I spoke with him after I, uh, I, I talked about him on the podcast last time. I think I, I mentioned him. And uh, I said, you know, hey, uh, I know that, uh, you know, I'm not 100% sure of how to pronounce this. I gave him my best shot, and I hope I did all right. So his answer was basically like, no, you, you didn't, but that's okay. And I was like, well, I guess it's for our friends. So, so the name I just said, again, is the same as I said it before. So I know it's wrong, but I don't know what else to try. You're out of options. But Andrea, he's a, he's a great guy. Yeah, he does great yeah. work. And Dave mentioned the other posters you've designed. I mean, in addition to those VIP posters, you also did one for the ill-advised vanity tour unofficially. And it's just super right. cool. And you've worked with Andrea in the past, right? Yeah, yeah. So... Uh, I, I am working with him on a on a comic book right now, and that's kind of it was one of those things where we were you know going back and forth on different details in there, and then I, I think you guys had gotten in contact with me, and I was just like, hey, you just want to do this instead? You just want to you know put a put, put aside all of our current responsibilities and, and do a weird outposter? And he was up for it. So uh, and and uh, if if you notice, and we'll probably talk about this later, but uh, he has a, a contribution. In the, in the Midnight Star as well. Yes. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I definitely want to talk to you about that great poster you designed for us and all those VIP posters and all the other amazing artwork you've done, you know, for UHF and all that stuff as well. But, I mean, the big topic right now, you know, just the other day, Ethan and I, we got our copies of the Midnight Star magazine. And this was like, just like getting it back in like the early 90s. As soon as like I saw that the postman came you know i knew it was coming i ran downstairs you know it's in the same exact packaging that the midnight star came in even with the little you know the little picture of al in the corner of the you know packaging and i opened it up and it's got the exact same feel the exact same look it's like it's like took me back to the 90s you know when i was running downstairs as a kid opening up you know midnight star magazine you did a wonderful job on this it's really authentic well i I really appreciate that and and honestly that was uh, kind of my number one goal uh, was to to make it just fit in to to, to some of the ones that had existed before. So I, I've got a lot of uh, a lot of love for you know not just the magazine but for for the people who put it together. Um, so it was kind of like my tribute to to not just the magazine but to them and also just kind of fanzines in general because those are kind of a uh, a, 
I don't know if you call them art, but uh, they are certainly a you know lost. You know, it, it's not something that that really exists in this in this context anymore. I, I have to believe that uh, the heyday of, of fanzines kind of ended in the in the '90s, and then those were probably replaced by <laughs> yeah. just fan sites. And then you know, probably now I would I would think uh, you know what, just like Facebook groups and, and yeah. just kind of social media and things like that have, have kind of taken that on. And you don't uh, you don't need fanzines anymore because you have access to all that information but i decided i wanted one <laughs> and <laughs> and as someone who is, is extremely selfish uh i decided that if i wanted something well then i should have it <laughs> i love it and you know dave's describing the whole process you know i'm a little bit younger than you guys i never had a, a midnight star when it was officially published so, you know, yes, I've received them in the mail, but that's because I bought them on eBay and, you know, traded with other fans. So actually having the experience for the first time of getting the yellow envelope, opening it up and having a midnight star inside was just really magical for me. So I'm really happy that not only could you bring back that memory for Dave, but you're able to give me that memory for the first time. So I appreciate that very much. Well, I, I feel like for me that the envelope was a big part of the process, like a, a big part of like the joy of getting it. And I don't know if that makes sense to you, Dave, or not, but uh, just kind of like recognizing. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. You recognize that envelope. It, it had a, yeah. Right, yeah. I mean, so you were a Midnight Star subscriber way back when. I subscribed uh, for a couple years. Uh, I, I write this in the book, but uh, I was uh, 15 in 1996, and I somehow convinced my parents that this would be like a good Christmas present, a subscription to the Midnight Star. <laughs> I'm really not sure. I'm really not sure how I how I knew about it because you know we didn't have. I don't think my house had uh, internet access until maybe like '98. So you know we we got that a little bit late. Um, so you know for me, I'm not even sure. Like how did I know about it? <laughs> so how did I, how did I know about it? Uh, it is a mystery. But also how I got my parents to kind of fork over the money for a uh, one or two year <laughs> subscription or whatever it is, I'm, I'm not. It's it's a mystery to me. But but you know, just for me, and, and you know, I, I think that a lot of people who you know grew up, you know, pre-internet, there's a there's a certain amount of loneliness to, to being a fan of anything. I think, uh, <laughs> and and it's just like you sit you sit and you listen, especially with music. It's it's a personal experience. You know, I would get the cassette tape and I put it into my Walkman and, you know, I'd listen to it just kind of in my room by myself. And I would just think like, I love this. Like, this is so great. I wonder if other people like it too, you know, and, and I wonder, you know, what would it be like to know just a lot of people who like, you know, this, this particular thing. So yeah. I, I think that, you know, I have maybe a, a different appreciation for that than, you know, maybe some younger people. Just because, you know, when you can go online and when you can, you know, interact and, 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 and almost fist fight with uh, uh, as many people as you want to online, um, <laughs> you know, you, you lose. It's, it's that it kind of instant access and that's great. You know, it's, it's certainly kind of connected people f f with, within all different types of fandoms. Um, but before that, you know, what, how, did you, how did you relate to that? You know, how did, how did you, you know, find other people who like the same things you did? Well, you know, in the case of Weird Al, it was going to concerts, um, you know, it was just kind of like religiously trying to, you know, flip through your TV guides and, and see, you know, is, is this going to be on? When's it going to be on? <laughs> right. But the Midnight Star was, the Midnight Star was something that really served as, 
almost like a gateway where, you know, you open it up and it's like, and it's not just a matter of, well, here's a lot of information and here's all these different pictures. And that's kind of a, a, a new world in, in itself. But just to get the idea that, you know, there are other people who are out there who like the same things you do, who, you know, appreciate, you know, Al for all of his uh, eccentricities and, and all that um, <laughs> and, and are dedicated enough yeah. to actually, you know, put something together uh, and you know, photo, photocopy news uh, articles from who knows where. And yeah, and that's a great way to put it, Jeff. Because I mean, one thing that the Midnight Star definitely opened up for me it it helped me realize that there are other Weird Al fans out there at my level, and and that was one of the main reasons why I loved getting the Midnight Stars because it, it, you felt like you were part of a community and you knew that all the other Weird Al fans at your level were reading that magazine, that fanzine, that same exact day that you were, and you just felt this big connection with them. I mean, it, it was probably the same for all of us, and I would say this, it's the same for a lot of people, just well, like, I discovered Al when I was in sixth grade, and, you know, this is, you know, the time where I believe, like, every single one of my friends, uh, you know, thought it was great, you know, thought, and were, was, you know, excited about it and, and whatever. And as you get a little bit older... Uh, you know, for various reasons, some people stop thinking, uh, you know, that certain things are cool and, and you just start, you know, forming your own little groups and your cliques and things like that. And, and for me, it was always like, well, I've never lost, you know, this, this amazement <laughs> that I felt when, you know, listening to this music and, you know, getting into the fandom and all that. And, and I just saw, you know, all of my friends, you know, know the words to lasagna. Um, but, but, you know, are, are they as crazy as me who, you know, has like the greatest hits album on, on, on cassette and just takes it on every like school trip and we're just like, <laughs> just look forward to, you know, like the bus ride to the museum back and forth because you get to listen to, you know, Addicted to Spuds and you try to, you know, figure out all the words right. and things like that. So, I mean, hey, the Midnight Star says, you know, sure, there are people out there like you and also much weirder. <laughs> yes. That's where Dave and I come in for a lot of people. <laughs> Much weirder. Now, before we even crack into the issue, I just want to talk about the appearance. I mean, looking at it, it looked like I had one of my old Midnight Stars in my hand because it literally, the, the logo is the same. Dave mentioned the paper and the feel is the same. I mean, even the, the photo being, you know, not perfect quality you know it's just like everything about it screams original 90s midnight star i was curious about your process of actually selecting the cover photo and selecting the color for the paper well first of all i think the photo is great uh and it's perfect quality so how dare you sir (laughs) (laughs) any kind of photo printed on that type of paper loses an edge of sharpness i would say and that's yes it's it's not quite as sharp that's what i'm looking for when i look at the midnight star sure so one of my biggest concerns uh with this is that i wanted it to be good but i didn't want it to be too good if that makes any sense yeah where the the original the original issues have a very low tech quality to them, and I say that with you know all respect and love to the ori- people who originally put it together because they were, as we said, literally you know cutting articles out of newspapers, <laughs> right. slapping it on a uh, <laughs> right. you know, a, a photocopier, and hoping for the best. And and I was looking through one of my issues, and it came with like a little slip of paper in addition, which is why I, I uh, and I don't know if you're going to mention this, but I added a couple extra things to the. The, the magazine and I, I slipped some other things in there too. Uh, but there was a little slip of paper in there and it said, basically we apologize for the quality of this issue. And if your pictures are too blurry, 
send us a letter and we'll send back a better copy. And I just thought that was so quaint and mm. so just like hilariously funny. That, yeah. uh, but that's kind of part of the charm. I mean, I'm sure at the time, you know, it's 97 and you open up your issue and you can't see any pictures because they're all like double imaged. <laughs> right. And I'm sure that was super frustrating at the time. <laughs> like, you know, when will we, when will we advance past this? But now you look back on it and it says, that was fun. It was funny. And, uh, you know, I, I appreciate just kind of like the hand quality feel yeah. uh, that, that, that came out of this. So, you know, I thought, first of all, I thought like, I'm going to do, I'm going to dive in the whole way and I'm just going to like cut things out by hand and I'm going to, you know, get a, a photocopier and I'm going to slap things down and, the, you know, and do that. And then I decided I do not want to put that much work into it. So, <laughs> so, so, you know, I'm using modern, you know, tech, technology and things like that. Like this was laid out in illustrator and, and things like that. And I don't even know if, if Photoshop and things like that were even around in 96, maybe that's kind of when they first came about. But I thought like, if I do it like this, is it going to look, you know, too good? And is it going to really stand out? And, and not necessarily just, I'm just talking about print quality, you know, when I say too good. Yeah. I'm not talking about the content at all. Um, like, is, is it going to look, you know, just kind of crystal clear? Or how can I get it, uh, you know, muddied up a little bit? And and honestly, the, the answer to that is just when things print out in black and white, uh, they, they tend to lose, you know, a little bit of that element of, of sharpness to them. Um, and certainly uh, with the cover, which is on a different paper stock, it's not something that's the crispest, uh, the most crisp of, of, of papers just to begin with. So, um, you know, thankfully, and, you know, I just sent these files to Staples and I, you know, they have different options that you could choose from as far as like paperweight mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, different coloring options and, and a lot of different things. And, and I just kind of said, I think this was probably going to reproduce it at the level that I wanted to. And I do think that it looks good, and, and uh, you know maybe some of the pictures are a little more clear than you might expect in a, a 1996 issue of The Midnight Star. But overall, I think the, the the quality of it is something that I really wanted to try to replicate. Now, why why that is? We could spend a whole you know hour just talking about like <laughs> what is it like in my brain that says, yeah, you know, I should make a fanzine from the 90s, and I want it to look just like that. I don't know. But uh, for whatever reason, that that just kind of struck me as kind of the, the way to go. You made the right choice. Well, I'm glad you did it because it looks authentic. Yeah, you made the right choice. And even inside itself, you even brought back a lot of the really classic, you know, columns and attractions that were in there. You know, you brought back, you know, an Ask Al, 27 sightings, you know, trivia questions, updates from the band. So it's like it's, it is an authentic issue. And it's just as if you had picked up 22 years later and you just went right into it. And we're going to talk a little bit about what's inside, but I do have another question about the production. Did you reach out to any of the original people on the Midnight Star staff, like Pam Ritchie, who was our guest on episode 53? And- uh, so uh, I I did not know Pam. I did not know uh, anyone really who, who had worked on the original, uh, the original run. Um, I knew who they were mostly from the, the Midnight Star, but, you know, I, I never met them. And I was a little bit nervous for for a few reasons, uh, mostly because I, I knew that I wanted to get their their blessing, uh, you know, to, to put it together. But I also knew that I really wanted to do it. And if they'd said no, that I would be really disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, you know, I mean, it's, you know, they obviously, you know, the, the name and the concept is not, you know, anything super original. 
but this is something that they put a lot of work into and, and a lot of uh, a lot of effort and a lot of heart uh, into. And you know, for all intents and purposes, you know, they were the owner of kind of that that one little aspect of of the fandom. Yeah. Um, and I didn't want to you know have any hard feelings from uh, you know from from anyone who who was involved with that. Just thinking like, you know, I'm kind of you know going into their territory or anything like that. So, so I reached out and I was able to get in contact with uh, Pam Ritchie, uh, who was still, uh, you know, involved with the fandom. And, and I was able to, to send her an email and I did it late at night and I was kind of nervous hitting that send button because I thought like, you know, this is it. <laughs> She's going to know about it. And, she, you know, and, and if she said, and if she says no, then, you know, I've, I've got to respect that. Uh, but, you know, thankfully I got a message back from her just almost immediately. Um, just saying, like, I think this is a great idea. And, you know, she was, you know, flattered to that, that we remembered the, the Midnight Star to begin with. So um, I was able to, to kind of talk with her and, and not just get her blessing. But as you know, Pamela Ritchie was, from my understanding, she was really the, the head honcho uh, behind the Midnight Star, where it, it kind of ran through her. And in a lot of, uh, of, of let's say, the classic issues, uh, she addresses, she just has maybe kind of like an editorial or something like that on the inside front cover or pretty close to there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was able to to get her to, uh, to to replicate that, to do something similar where she kind of introduces the new issue, uh, which I was uh, really grateful for. Um, and a little bit later, uh, through, through some mutual friends, I was able to reach out and do the same with uh, Carlotta Barnes, who put a lot of the content into a lot of the original issues. Yep. And she has she has some space on the inside back cover. So they're kind of like bookends and, and I, I wanted to you know be respectful to, to, to each of, of those uh, really uh, kind and, and generous women who uh, put a lot of uh, time and, and obsession uh, into in, into putting together a quarterly and then uh, what by monthly newsletter um, back back uh, you know 25 years ago. so, so I was able to get in touch with them, and, and honestly, that's one of the, the the things that I enjoyed most about the process was just kind of reaching out and 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 first of all, knowing that they don't hate me, uh, <laughs> that you know I'm, I'm kind of you know stealing their baby with this because that's certainly not my intention. Um, but you know, I, I tried to to express it, and I I feel this that you know this is a tribute to to those issues and, and certainly what they meant to to me growing up, uh, you know, not knowing. You know, if if there was anyone else out there like me, <laughs> it was definitely a treat to get to see both Pam and Carlotta involved in the process as well. And I'm so very honored that you asked both Ethan and myself to contribute to this fanzine as well. Yeah, I'm super super grateful for for both of you for kind of pitching in because I feel like I gave you to the most difficult uh, assignment and. Uh, <laughs> And it's not necessarily the most flashy one either. I know there are some other ones in there that that might get, uh, you know, maybe a little bit more, a little bit more space. And there's a, a great interview by uh, uh, Adriana Yugovich uh, with with Bermuda. Um, yeah. And there are a couple other things in there that uh, that really are are, are special to me. Um, but you guys took care of the sections uh, news from the band and also the band Q and A section. And I, I knew you guys would have, you know, the wherewithal to reach out to these guys and, and maybe actually get a response. Um, <laughs> and and it certainly worked out, and he did a great job with it. So I, I certainly appreciate the 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 work and the the elbow grease that might not get appreciated when you look at it uh, 
in the you know only only takes up half a page on on one page and maybe a quarter page on the other. But uh, I know there was a lot of uh, uh, a lot of digging that it took from you from your perspective for that. So I, I certainly appreciate that. Yeah, it was our honor to be involved in such an amazing fanzine, such an amazing piece of artwork. I kind of thought when I thought about putting it together that I would have to do it all myself, um, and <laughs> luckily that wasn't the case because yeah. I, I put the word out to a group of friends, and I, I think that uh, like the, the thread was left open from the time where we got together for the star ceremony back in 2018. Uh, so, you know, we hadn't, I hadn't used it for a while and I just kind of reached out and said, you know, does anyone want to, you know, do something for this? And just the response was, was very positive. So, you know, and, and it wasn't just a matter of, yeah, I want to do it and no one shows up, but people delivered as well. And, uh, they did a lot of great things for, for this issue. So certainly my head is off to, to each and every one of them, whether I get around to, to naming you or not, uh, I certainly appreciate everyone's contribution. It was really fun getting to read the issue you know, obviously I knew our pages, but I didn't know what else was in there. And it was really great to just kind of flip through and be like, hey, I know them. Hey, I know them. And I think I literally know every single person who <laughs> contributed to this, which is really, really fun. And, and it really, you know, it's just it shows how deep you went into the community and you found these really great people. And, you know, just the inclusion of our, our friend Andre from Chile is awesome, you know. His artwork is so great and, you know, his interpretation of the Rube Emperor, which is something that we, you know, coined on the podcast. And it's it's so cool to just see all that stuff and all these people who I've personally met through very different things, you know, maybe the star ceremony, maybe through the podcast or maybe through something else. It's really cool to see all those different familiar faces and names come together for this great issue. Well, what I'll say is I'm sure that there is someone who's listening to this podcast now and saying, you know, I would have contributed. I had something great. Uh, <laughs> I I certainly apologize to, to anyone who wasn't involved, who would have liked to be involved. It's just a matter of space, you know, when it comes down to it. And, uh, you know, I reached out to some of the fa- some of the folks that I know. Um, and, uh, you know, if, if someone was left out, it certainly wasn't intentional. Except if it was, and you know who I'm speaking about. <laughs> oh, we know. We know <laughs> our intern, Frank, wasn't invited, and he's very sour about it. But <laughs> Frank. <Ugh. laughs> Disgusting. <laughs> now, looking at the length of this, you know, there are a number of pages on the inside, but if we do count each panel of the cover, there are exactly 28 pages. Are you remiss that it didn't... <laughs> end up being just an even 27 uh if if i somehow could have changed the laws of physics and only put it on <laughs> one side of a page and have the other side not exist i absolutely would have done that and and i, and I numbered the pages uh, on most pages when it when it, when it fit yeah and i thought to myself like should i start numbering as if like the front cover was page one because then i could put on the inside back cover you know, uh, something about this being page 27 or something. And I was like, dude, just, just let it go. Just let it go. <laughs> because, because honestly it wasn't intentional to, you know, even, even get close to that. Uh, most of the original midnight stars were from anywhere between generally speaking, we're around like 12 or 16 pages. Right. So when, when you publish something, you have to publish in, uh, multiples of four, uh, just because that's how math works. So, you know, you have the front and back of, of a page and that's one and two, and then you have the other side. So, uh, you know, you, you have to, you know, keep those, keep those numbers straight. 
And, you know, my intention was, well, you know, I'll make this, you know, right around the same, where this will be, you know, somewhere 12 pages or 16 pages, and I think that'll be good enough. And then I just kept thinking about, like, well, I've got to include this, or, or I have to talk to this person about it putting this in and it eventually got to the point where I'm like, if I add more, I won't be able to staple it. Like I won't be like, I won't be able to get the staples through the paper. I won't be able to fold it. It'll be an impossible situation. I'll put it in an envelope and it'll just bust right out. Uh, so I will say it is a robust, uh, 24 interior pages. Um, and, uh, and and I and it could have been you know longer. There, there's definitely plenty of other stuff that I could put could have put in there um, that I know that uh, uh, others were you know saying like, do you need extra content because I'm ready to go? And and you know it's, <laughs> it's just a matter of like when you're publishing something, you have to know when to say it's done. And right. uh, for for me, you know, yeah. I, I think uh, I think the number of pages that it, we went with. You know, there's a lot, and, and it's it's a hefty, it, you know, with regards to a fanzine, for sure, and certainly in comparison to maybe some of the other, uh, some of the previous issues, which lay, certainly lay a bit flatter um, <laughs> than, than this one. But uh, there's nothing in here that I would have, have cut out, and there's nothing in here that I feel like if I did cut out, I wouldn't have regretted doing that, so I'm... I'm Happy with happy with it is. That's not to say there is one thing that uh, the the day that I I printed it and was actually bringing it home, um, I thought you know why didn't I not include the close personal friends of Al like PO box in there like, mm. like how did I miss that <laughs> because it wouldn't have taken that much space I could I could have fit it in I know I could have you know found the space for it. Uh, and I, I had considered it before and it just, it just didn't get in the book. And, uh, and I, I do regret it. So that's my one big regret that I didn't put that, uh, because the, as, as we know from listening to your, your podcast, uh, it does still exist, you know, it, it and it, and you can send mail there and it's a, uh, a real thing still. <laughs> I submitted a parody <laughs> suggestion recently. <laughs> oh, great. I'm sure that, uh, I'm sure that our friend Jeff really appreciated that. Yeah. <laughs> did you ever think about just like writing to him just like you know, like i got a letter for jeff i'm, I'm gonna send him this p.o box he'll get it in a month uh, he'll open it up and be like why why would they do this like don't do this anymore i, I feel like we just get a message saying like cease and desist right. <laughs> that's that literally the only way that i actually have contact with jeff i send him snail mail through the close personal friends of al p.o box <laughs> Is there any other way? Let's let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do think that twenty-eight pages is a good choice, and it's totally understandable why this particular issue is longer than any of the older issues. You had twenty-two years worth of material that you had to fit into <laughs> into this one single issue, so it, it's totally understandable why this one's a little bit thicker than the original ones. <laughs> well, one of the first sections is is Alan the news. And I thought, like, wouldn't it be funny if just, like, the whole issue was just Al in the news and it was just, like, from 1998 <laughs> to 2020. And it was like, and then Poodle Hat was released and then right. another one was released. And then he, then he was on the VMAs, like, in 2002. Like, Did you catch it, everyone? Like, so it could be really just, really just uh, really out there and esoteric and, and everyone would hate it. And, and I feel like 
having everyone hate it would be fun. I'd rather everyone <laughs> like it. But, uh, <laughs> but either, either or, like, I, I, I don't know why, and maybe this is why I'm not more successful in some of my other endeavors. I just think it's really funny if people hate things. <laughs> so oh, they opened great. it up and were like, no, nah, I'm not feeling it. I, I would just kind of chuckle. <laughs> Well, you can't send it back there. No refunds. <laughs> As these are getting sent out and people are seeing them, like Dave and I have received them and, and are just thoroughly enjoying them, is there any part of you thinking maybe there's going to be more issues? <laughs> so ask me again maybe in two weeks because as of right now, like absolutely not. And uh, <laughs> not, not, because, not because I didn't have a fun time doing this and I certainly did. And, and like I said, you know, there are things where I'd say I could have put this in or, or there's, well, the day I printed it uh, was the, was the day that the uh, dare to be stupid cybertronic spree video came out. And, you know, I got the email from as a Kickstarter backer that I could yeah. watch it early and this and this was probably like two hours <laughs> after after it came off the press, and by press I mean I picked it up at Staples. It's not that impressive, but uh, you know, as I got it, brought it home, and I was starting to fold them and staple them myself, which I did it all by hand, by the way. Oh, uh, I uh, I mean it had to be authentic, right? Yes. But I got that email and I watched the video and I was like, this is fantastic. And as uh, I hope I'm not spoiling, or if I am, it's your fault. Uh, you know, Al has a little cameo in the in the video, <laughs> and uh, it's you know it, it was exciting to see, and the music video just in general was I, I thought really good, and there were so many different references, and yeah. uh, you know they put a lot of love into it for sure, um, and I thought I can't put it in the book, like like I'm two hours late, <laughs> for, like if I if I knew this, like if I was gonna hit hit send and I saw this, I would have you know somehow made space, you know because I was like this is gonna be super current for like a week and and then as it turns right. out it was super current for no time at all because right. even before i sent it out something else came out and, and i was like well it's it's print media what can you do uh, because i had changed i i really wanted to uh uh when we heard that uh, i was going to be you know providing vocals for uh, who's going to stop me i put like a little placeholder in that spot and i was ready to send it off to to print but then I thought, you know, it, it doesn't come out until Monday. I'm going to wait until it comes out so I know what I'm talking about. So I know, you know, how to describe it or, or you know, it's just a little blurb anyway in the, right. in the issue. Right. But, you know, I wanted to, to put that in there. I'm like, wow, we're so topical, so current. And, uh, <laughs> you know, then I, I print it out and like immediately something else comes out. And it's like, no, how, how, how is this possible? Like, how can they do this to me? I mean, that's how we feel, and we we only get to talk to people once a week. And it's like, as soon as we drop the episode, we're like, crap, now something else got released. So we can only imagine <laughs> that, you know, releasing one ever, uh, one final one ever yeah. could be uh, frustrating. <laughs> so, yeah. So, you know, is is this kind of the only one? I, I think uh, what would be really fun if this if it was just kind of a rotating thing where maybe like twice a year someone, you know, took up the reins and, and made an issue and... and uh, that would be fun. I, I don't know that. Here's the thing: nostalgia is is a powerful thing, and certainly, you know, it's one of the reasons that I made it, and hopefully, it's one of the reasons that uh, that that you enjoy it if you did. Um, but it's also got you know a limited span, I guess. Right. Um, so I, I think that you know, if if I release one, you know, people will talk about it and they'll say, "Oh, this is exciting," and they'll order it or they'll read it and they'll like it. 
And then if, if I'm like, and it's coming out every month, uh, <laughs> then, you know, for, for the most part, and certainly there will be us hardcores who, uh, you know, get every one. But, uh, you know, after like the second or third one, people will just be like, why are you doing this? Like, I don't, I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, our listeners can pick up this issue while it's still current and before it's all old news over on your Etsy page, Teddy and the Yeti. That's T-E-D-D-Y-A-N-D-T-H-E-Y-E-G-I over on Etsy. And it's only like $6 for an issue. So it's really inexpensive and it's well worth it, the money. So it's definitely something that if our listeners have not got their copy yet, they want to head on over there and order one soon because otherwise it's going to be outdated. But also you definitely want to have this in your collection. If you're wondering about the $6 price tag um, and like, ah, geez, always, that's a lot of money. And, you know, it's just a little, uh, little fanzine. I am absolutely not making anything from this. <laughs> like I, I added up like all the expenses and shipping and, and things like that. And just like the equipment that I had to buy to, to make it. And it was like, well, if I sell out, I'll make, you know, 38 cents. And, and so, uh, you know, it's, it's a labor of love. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, <laughs> shut up and enjoy it. I thought the price was inexpensive for something this amazing. So, yeah, I, I definitely agree that this is a deal. This is probably the best deal that anyone's going to get all year. The first run was uh, was was printed similarly, um, at least on the inside front cover. It was like, this is a nonprofit. We're not making any money from it, et cetera, et cetera. And I thought I got to stay true to the, the spirit of that. And apparently right. I hate money. So, uh, uh, <laughs> I, 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 you know, did the math and said I can sell it this and I won't uh, you know, lose my shirt in the process. So it's, <laughs> it's something that, uh, yeah, I, I wanted to, to stick kind of with that original theme as well. For anyone who just really they don't have the six bucks, luckily they can actually check out the entire thing as a PDF online. And I got to say, PDF, it's not as good as holding the physical, awesomely made thing in your hand that was in Jeff's hands that hopefully were washed. But Yes, they can check it out for free as a PDF on the internet. Uh, one thing I'll say about the PDF is it is mostly in color. <laughs> so if you're like, oh, I wonder if this picture, I wonder if this picture is any good, uh, you know, you can you can look at it online and be like, yeah or nope, uh, because uh, you know when I was putting it together, I mean, a lot of the titles for a lot of the articles and things like that, I, le- I left uh, black and white just because I knew it was going to be printed in black and white. And then I thought, you know, if I'm given the PDF, if I'm going to make the PDF uh, accessible as well, like, do I want to go back in and make, you know, the, the titles a color? Do I want to, you know, make the, some of the black and white, pic- like, like the picture on the cover, like, do I want to make that color? And then I decided, no, I do not want to do that. So it's free. You're going to have to deal with it. Uh, that's, just, that's just how it works. If you want to see authentic, you need to buy it. But if you want to just see it, you can still see it online. So, okay. So I have a proposal for you, Jeff. Sure. I, I know, you know, you're, you're kind of hesitant to say another issue's coming. What if, and I, I'm, I'll put my time, I'll put my money into this. What if we created an issue volume three, number four, because as some collectors may know, the 1995 May issue is labeled Volume 3, Number 3. And then the following issue, July 1995, it was labeled Volume 3, Number 5. So there is no official Volume 3, Number 4. So I think that we should create one to fill that void. And we'll just put all just stuff that happened in June 1995 in the issue. <laughs> 
with, with you saying we should make one, I think like literally we should just make one. Though. Like, it's it's yeah. only like, here it is, and like just have a picture of you holding it up, and That's uh, it. people can people can like look at it, be like, well, what's on the inside? And be like, gotta get your own. Be like, but there are no more. <laughs> well, like I said, I I, I do think that. Uh, you know, one of the things that I, you know, I definitely gained a, a great deal of, of respect for the folks who put the original one together because, you know, they're working with, you know, different tools to begin with. Um, but also, you know, this this issue here took me about two months to put together, like start to finish, you know, concept to actually printing it and, and shipping it out. Um, if this were, you know, 97, 98, I would have had to, you know, I would have had to start all over again, like right now, like just to, just to make sure I got the next issue out. So, right. you know, it's definitely very, it was definitely very time consuming. Obviously I didn't, I wasn't working on it every second of every day, but you know, as just kind of a fan project, it, it definitely took a long time. And to think that, you know, this is what I'm going to be doing basically forever. Uh, <laughs> I think, you know, you'd, you'd go crazy. So I, I don't want to commit to anything, but I would say I would think that it would be an interest if you published it maybe twice a year or maybe even just once a year, just because then like the nostalgia doesn't wear off and it, it doesn't, <laughs> that's, it doesn't just become just like a weird thing that, that someone's doing in their basement. <laughs> but, but I also feel like, you know, part of the if, if you weren't uh, just kind of brought in by some of the nostalgia, just certainly the fact that it's, it's no, you know, not topical in the least after like two weeks, you know, has, might have something to do with it as well. So <laughs> kind of as like an annual, annual report or something like that, I, I think it would be a, a fun thing and, and something to work on. And, and I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't say no to something like that. So the door is always open. Uh, but uh, you know, I am definitely going to, once I get the last one, once I, uh, you know, and, and they're on sale, they're not, they're not going to sell out. Basically, I'll just decide at one point that, hey, I'm not going to sell these anymore. Um, once that happens and I send out the last one, I'm like, well, I'm not going to think about that again for as long as I need to. <laughs> not, to not to sound bitter or anything like that because I had a lot of fun putting it together. But, uh, you know, it, it was, it certainly was, was a little bit labor intensive at times. Now, I also recommend while you're on Teddy and the Yeti.etsy.com, Jeff has his amazing posters up there. He's got the UHF one. He's got the one from the ill-advised vanity tour, and he's got all three and his alternate poster from strings attached. So head on there while supplies last. And he also has this really amazing enamel pin on there. In addition to these midnight stars, so a lot of really great stuff. Jeff, you always just make the greatest stuff. Honestly, I'm making stuff because I'm like, gee, I would really like to own this. So I'm like, let's just make it. I don't know. <laughs> and you know, not to you know, certainly Al has. I, I feel like he's upped his merchandise game in the in the last uh, you know five or, or six or seven years. Yeah. But, uh, at least for a while there, maybe in the early 2000s, it was just like, I know there could be more out there and I, I want it. And, you know, eventually it was just like, I'm going to I'm going to put something together. So uh, I, I've got a story about it, kind of how that all started, but that'll be for another time for sure. <laughs> what I love about this Midnight Star is not only do you get this amazing fanzine, but Jeff, you threw in a whole bunch of little fun little things into the packaging. And the packaging itself is amazing. I mean, just I got to tell you, it's got a Midnight Star return address, just like the 
the classic <laughs> one did. It was get, got stamps in there. You've included this awesome close personal friend of Al sticker just on the back of the envelope. So now I have to save this envelope in my collection as well. You know. That was my intention. Yeah, I was like, you're keeping this whole thing. <laughs> That's right. And, and inside, of my, my, inside of my Midnight Star, you threw in this little double-sided card, trading card, that it's, it's got a close personal friend of Al logo on it. And the other side is some of your original artwork that you did way back in 2018 or so. So it, it's really, really nice that you threw in a whole bunch of extras. You know, just it, it's really great. And I really appreciate that. One of the things that, uh, I mean, it was hard to kind of keep a lot of this under wraps because a lot of people were involved with it. Uh, and I was trying to share my progress just to just to let people know that things were still happening. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I wanted to include like the trading card. So the artwork on the, the trading card is actually my friend Pietro uh, did, did, did that one. And, and I threw that in the in the issue. Um, there's a, a little vinyl sticker for close personal friends of Al in the back of the envelope. I've got a couple stamps. Um, I was thinking about, so when, when I sent these out, uh, you know, I basically just addressed them all by hand. With the return address for the original Midnight Star, they had a really cool, uh, just like a rubber stamp that they would use for their return address. Yeah. And then I thought, well, I, sh I should make, you know, one for this because it will make it look authentic. And it, uh, you know, will we'll kind of go with the theme and I can do all these things with it. And then like a, a part of me said, but you're only doing one issue. So you'd be, you'd be buying it for like a day, like you'd be <laughs> buying this whole thing, getting it designed for a day. <laughs> and then the other part of me said, shut up, make it like we're doing it. So uh, I'm so glad you did it. <laughs> yeah. So even if, even if uh, this is the, the, the first and only one, like I'll, I'll have the stamp forever. So I guess I'll just like, this will just yeah. be my regular stamp. I'll be like. What does this mean? Why is this man's face, you know, printed on, printed on like my tax returns or something? Like, well, because I bought it, you know, I bought it 10 years ago and I got to use it. Are you kidding me? If I had that stamp, I would use it for every every package, every piece of mail that I ever sent for the rest of my life. So I think you made the right choice there, Jeff. Yeah, so so w w there's uh, like a, a red stamp that I put on there too that I made for one of those posters that you were referring to. And I liked it so much. I was like, well, I'm just going to use this for everything that I ever make now. So uh, <laughs> I was like, is this, is this too much? Like, should I, I'm doing a sticker and then two stamps. I was like, put the yeah. stamp on, just do it. So I yes, I recognize it from literally every piece of mail I've ever received from you has that red stamp on it. And I, I love it every time. <laughs> Keep doing it, please. <laughs> it's, it's almost like a signature piece now. And I, I feel like I almost have to. So I, yes. I, 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 I went with it, yeah. All right, well, Jeff, we just barely scratched the surface just with everything Weird Al that you've been involved in, you know, with just with this Midnight Star. We would love to have you back on sometime to talk about the VIP posters, the UHF artwork that you did, just, you know, making these rubber stamps that you stamp on everything that you own. We just we would love to have you back on the podcast sometime. Well, I mean, I'll tell you what we can do. You, you can call my manager and uh, we'll work out the details. Uh, and if, if they're acceptable to me, then I will. I will return. And if not, you'll never hear from me again. Sounds good. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll put Frank right on that. So <laughs> my girl will call your girl. Great. I just want to very quickly give a shout out to some of the folks who worked on this, uh, this, this particular issue. Uh, Adriana Ubich, who did a, a great interview with, uh, with, with Bermuda. Um, Kenneth Gwinnup, who, uh, who, who posted a lot of his pictures just from uh, a lot of like foreign 
uh, items and records and, and merchandise and things like that. Uh, Jeff Nussera, who, who put together just a great uh, trivia section. Um, Dave Grant, who, who wrote a, a short story for this, which I think is, is just fantastic. Um, Kelly Phillips, who did just an amazing comic for, for this particular issue. Uh, Vicky DeVries, who did a, a, a concert review. Um, Eddie Schmidt, who came back from the original Midnight Star to, to do a, another installment of his File Zone. Uh, we talked with uh, J.W. Halford. Um, Javier Valdez uh, shared some of his collection with us. Uh, and, uh, and, and two other guys who I'm talking to right now. And, and others, too, and I certainly don't want to uh, miss anyone. Um, Ethan Harper did a fantastic uh, illustration for the, for the back cover, which I'm, I'm super excited about, too. So thank you, certainly, to everyone who, who contributed. Um, I'm sorry if I forgot your name or if I didn't mention it here, because I know there were others who, who, who contributed as well. But uh, I certainly uh, you know, couldn't have done it without, uh, without you guys. So it's, it's a labor of love, and I hope that everyone likes it. So thank you. Huge thank you to Jeff McClelland. Always a pleasure getting to chat with him. And you got to check out teddyandtheyeti.etsy.com for that amazing issue and his awesome posters and pins. We posted the full PDF version of the brand new Midnight Star fanzine over on our Patreon page, patreon.com slash 2000 inch. You don't have to be a Patreon supporter to access it and download the issue, but we hope you will consider joining while you're there. We are so excited to announce that we are helping episode 53-inch guest and the original co-creator of The Midnight Star, Pamela Ritchie, sell her back issues of The Midnight Star with proceeds benefiting charity. If you are interested in purchasing back issues of The Midnight Star, please email frank at 2000inch.com. As soon as we have prices and know what's available, we will first start by reaching out to those who have emailed Frank. We also still have a handful of those beautifully done screen-printed posters from our Jonah Ray UHF screening that were designed by Jeff McClelland. If you're interested, please contact Frank as well. You know what, Dave? I think I'm going to make just one final visit to my favorite website. Then never again! You mean shakewell.com, right? S-H-A-K-E-W-E-L-L-E dot C-O-M R-I-G-H-T? Yeah, you don't have to spell right out. Oh, okay. R-I-G-H-T. Anyway, I was poking around deep in the sitemap and I found a secret page. A secret page? This is crazy. A secret page on our favorite website? Now that would make a cool movie. Well, coincidentally, that's what is on the secret page. A script for Cool Movie. Cool Movie? Cool. Who wrote it? Bob Cummins wrote it when he was 13. Who's Bob Cummins? He's probably the father of Bob Cummins Jr. Who's Bob Cummins Jr.? Does it matter? Does anything matter? The only thing that matters is that you add slash C-O-O-L-M-O-V-I-E when you visit S-H-A-K-E-W-E-L-L-E dot C-O-M. Visit shakewell.com slash cool dash movie. Each week, we can bring you this podcast absolutely free thanks to sponsors like Burrito Burrito, Angel Valenzuela and his son David Cash, Jackson Scoggins, and our amazing Patreon supporters like JM, Zeb, Allison, and so many more. Revenue from our incredible supporters on Patreon.com slash 2000inch is how we can afford to continue doing what we love, 
which is making fantastically fun, funny, and family-friendly Weird Al podcasts for you each and every week. We'd absolutely appreciate your consideration in joining our pretty stinking majestic Patreon family for as little as $1 per month. Another way to support the podcast is to pick up and wear merchandise from the official Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast merchandise shop. Head over to shop.2000inch.com for t-shirts, bags, mugs, fanny packs, and so much more. Find us online at weirdalpodcast.com or 2000inch.com and please join our Facebook group by heading on over to group.2000inch.com for episode discussions and other exclusive content. Don't forget to tag fun, Weird Al, or podcast-related posts on social media using hashtag 2000inch and hashtag Gil and Chill. And make sure you follow at 2000inch on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Make sure to share our posts, tell your friends about the podcast, and we love it when you leave us voicemails via our 27-hour-a-day podcast hotline, 347 Spatula. You might even hear your message on the air. You already know how to find us? But do yourselves a favor and head on over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Music, or the podcast app of your choice and hit the subscribe button. This way you do not miss a single episode. New episodes drop every Wednesday. Thanks again to this week's guest, Jeff McClelland. And thanks to Heather Malone, Metal Al, Jeff Nucera, Chris Sear, Vincent Anderson, Michael Crichton, and all of our listeners, subscribers, Patreon supporters and sponsors, and everyone else who made this episode and makes this podcast possible. Oh, the postal carrier just dropped off another package. It's another book from 1984 Publishing, but it's addressed to Frank? No, 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 no. Frank doesn't need a book. Yeah, absolutely not. I think I'll just keep it for my collection. That's not fair. I should have it for my collection. No, I really think I should take it for my collection. No, it really should be for my no, collection. No, it's mine. It's mine. It should go in my collection. It's mine. Stop. Ugh. You're going to rip it. Stop. It's mine. Um, you know what? Why don't you keep it? That was Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast, episode 78-inch. Two scoops of Weird Al in every episode. Well, first of all, I think the photo is great uh, and it's perfect quality. So how dare you, sir?